Hey, what's up guys? Today I had a chance to speak with Sujoy. I first met Sujoy back in college and we never really had a chance to catch up until now. He's now working in the health field and is super passionate about fitness and empowering others to build habits to better themselves. And without further ado, here's today's podcast. Alright Sujoy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking this time to, to speak with me. Thank you, Ben. Super, super grateful to be here. Super excited for this, actually. You've been, you've been doing okay, family? Everyone's good? Yeah, everyone is good and healthy, you know, considering all the circumstances. So I'm super grateful for that. You too, right? Yep, all as well, all as well. You know, Sujo and I, we met each other in college, I think was through TLT or maybe some other jobs. Yeah. I'm interested to know your past and how you grew up. So what were you like in middle school and high school and what kind of values did your family instill in you growing up? Um, I would say that my family grew, you know, being an immigrant coming from Bangladesh, uh, my parents grew up very like wary and like afraid of a lot of things because they were, you know, they're trying to protect their, their kid and in a new country, I'm sure, you know, at, at that age, I didn't understand. I was just like, Oh, why aren't you letting me do what I want to do? But, you know, now that I'm a little older, I understand like, you know, they were just trying to be protective, but at the same time, they did teach me a lot of good values, like, um, like being respectful and learning how to say thank you and, uh, you know, being a kind empathetical person. I think the biggest thing they taught me was being empathetic because mm. fortunately um, you realize how important of a value that is nowadays and how little of it uh, as a nation we have not to get political or anything, but, um, no, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. So they taught me a lot of good values in being a good person. But I would say that in middle school and high school, I would not consider myself a good person. Like, like I was definitely going down like a, this weird path of, so I, you know, like I started going to bigger schools because I got accepted into like a gifted school. And then I went to Brooklyn Tech. And then these were huge schools where I was influenced. I got my, I, I let myself be influenced really is easily. And I still wanted to really be like, cool. And mm. I realized like, if I wasn't, if I didn't become like other people, I would either, I thought I would get made fun of, or I would stand out. So instead of just being myself, I just try to fit in, you know, you know what I mean? So I think it was years of just like trying to be someone I wasn't. And then it wasn't until like, dude, I would say it wasn't even after like, until after college where I started to be like, yo, I really need to spend time like unlearning a lot of the that I learned, you know, trying to be who I wasn't and just be myself completely and be okay with who I really am. And that's what I've really been working on the past couple of years. So yeah, middle school, high school, definitely well, part of the journey, but I would say like not someone who I would, I was really proud of, but you know, mm. that, that's, you know, because of the past I am where I am now. So. Right. And I, I think that's a much preferred path to really get in touch with the dark side before you come on the bright side or the right side. I'm, you know, like it's uh I'm glad it happened because it, it, you know, just like the gym for me, like I relate everything to the gym, just like the gym. It's like, you don't just wake up one day and have like a really nice body or like a really nice physique. You know, you work your ass off for years and years and you know, I'm still working. And so like, it's just like your, your personal growth and like who you become as a person. It's like, you can't go to A to, you can't go from A to Z. You got to go through like all the other letters, you know? So, so at the end of the, the conversation, I usually have some I guess, quote unquote, fire round question or just random questions. And one of the questions was like, do you think people are inherently good? And since you kind of touched on that issue, I was curious to get your opinion on it. Do I think people are inherently good? I think people are inherently good. 
I think people are actually, I think as human beings, as species, we are amazing species who are capable of learning and communicating with others. And it's not just like verbally, it's like, I can look at someone and see that, you know, they, they don't look too well. They don't, they look kind of sad and let me try to comfort them. But I do also think that due to circumstances and the environment, environment we grow up in, Mm -hmm. it can uh, alter our, you know, our, our mental and physical health. And that affects the kind of person, you know, the actions that you take, obviously, which may not always be the best, but I do think inherently we are all, you know, destined for goodness because as, a, as when you're a baby, you're like, dude, <laughs> you're so innocent. And it's just like a blank slate. Like mm. you're just curious about everything. Right. And we are the only species that really takes care of the sick and, you know, take care of everybody that needs help. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, we were gifted this ability to, for higher thinking, right? That's what, that's what makes us a little bit different than every other animal. The fact that we can empathize and do something about it. But fortunately, um, <laughs> there's still like a lot of bad things that happen. So. Right, right. Definitely. Did you always grow, grow up in Queens? You said you were first, first generation immigrant or second generation? First generation. I, I keep here when I was three. So, you know, I, people ask me, they're like, oh, you're, you're American. But yeah. I did grow up, uh, I, when we first came, we came to Coney Island and then moved, moved over to Astoria for many years. And then this was Astoria before Astoria. Like Astoria now is like super nice and like really gentrified and really expensive to live in. But yeah, Astoria, Woodside for like 10, 15 years and then finally Glendale like last November. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's recent. Yeah, really recent, really recent. I guess to yourself, you weren't a good person in college. But you know, when, when, when I met you at the time, I thought you were super cool uh, straightforward yeah <laughs> down to earth yeah i think like i tried to be a good person to everyone it was more like the person i was inside my head right so like but i feel like sometimes it's hard to it's i think once you become aligned with the person you are in your head and the person you are outside that's when you're like at peace with yourself so i it took it's still i mean i'm still working on it but it takes a lot of years to like align both of those things you're saying maybe inside your head you wanted to be a better person but your action <laughs> is 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 good or was it the other way around uh i'd say like the other way around kind of like okay. in my head i had just all these like inner like conflicts that i still didn't i wasn't really confronting them you know i knew they were there but i kind of just like pushed them to the side it's kind of like when you put when you procrastinate on work for a long period of time it just builds up builds up that was like kind of like the issues that I was having in my head. Yeah, like outside, I was really good at like being like seeming like I was okay, but in my head, obviously, a bunch of stuff was going on. But yeah. So you're obviously a smart kid if you got into Brooklyn Tech and then Stony. What did you study in Stony, and what other hobby did you pick up along the way? Thank you for calling me smart. <laughs> but um, so I went to college. I was doing biomedical engineering. Were you also a biomedical engineer? No, I was engineering science. I think okay. that's why we kind of in that same field. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah. So I was biomedical engineering in the beginning, mainly because, uh, you know, like the whole stereotype of the Asian parents wanting you to either be a doctor or engineer. That was, that's definitely a real <laughs> So I, you know, I was doing biomedical engineering. I knew I liked like biology and like the human body and stuff. The engineering was mainly for my parents, but you know, I just, I was just doing it. Like I, I, there were times I wasn't even going to class. Like, I'll be honest, like I would stay up all night playing video games or like, playing basketball and then go to physics at 7 a.m. That was like the early physics class. And just oh, fall man. I would literally just sleep. I, I would just go just to click in my attendance, you know. I think like year, 
junior year. Is that the How I Met Your Mother ringtone? That's at the office. <laughs> oh, my bad. Um, best show ever. But yep. Yeah, man. So like, I think junior year was when I changed my major to health science because yeah, it was just like a weird. That was like my low part of my life, and then. I realized like, yo, I need to either do something with my life or just stick stick with this major, which I'm doing terrible in. Like the class, I was doing terrible in the class because I had no interest, right? So yeah, I switched to health science and then I went into nuclear medicine. Mm. And so yeah, that's, that's actually my day job, which is like my, I'm a nuclear medicine technologist. I worked at Well Cornell over in the Upper East Side. Yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last since 2016. I wanted to make sure too, because on your Instagram alone, it looks like you're you're like a full-time yeah a bodybuilder or a trainer but yeah so you do have a full-time job too i do have a full-time job i just switched that over because i want people to know like like my i want my life to be like all about fitness and health like literally like even at work like uh all my coworkers are always talking to me about like fitness and health because they know that's what i'm about you know no that's cool i don't think a day job should really define you anymore especially this day and age yes i think that's so important i think uh because i would say we're 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 around the same age we're relatively i would say we would call i would call ourselves young right super young you know i see a lot of people in the industry like like frustrated with their lifestyles and right. not happy and it's because like it seems to be because all they look forward to is there's this nine to five job and after that there's no like it's nine to five and then get ready for the next nine to five job and and it's just like it's like this terrible cycle of like i don't know it's depressing so i can't do that because it's always been like that back then right you kind of your nine to five defines you you work for a company for 30 40 years you retire Back then, maybe they were more grateful to even have a job in the first place. So they were okay with it. But now it's like you have all these opportunities. You have the internet. You could do your side hustles. Now you got you kind of have to confront that identity, I guess. Is your 9 to 5 really what you're all about? Yeah, that's. I think you're right on point with that. But I also believe that people are being forced to do that too because they see everyone. Like because everything is so available, it's just like you not you don't have any excuses now. I mean, the only thing that's stopping you is literally yourself, like you being lazy or you procrastinating. But mm-hmm. if there's something else you're passionate about, you can't just live the you know one day you're gonna be seventy and you're gonna be like, oh, I hate life, and then telling the young people like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, and being like really like spiteful. life is not fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like you know you make you you were able to make these choices and like we're super blessed to be living through this time when all of these things are available to us. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, things are, were different for the people back then, but like right now you have no excuse. Like I would consider, I consider myself super privileged. Like I have a lot of things that a lot of people don't have. So if I don't use my privilege to further myself, to help others, then like really no point to this, this fun thing that we call life. A hundred percent agree. We're we're one privileged generation. So we got to make the most out of it. Big facts, bro. I really how did you stumble on this this fitness track, this um new, I guess, epiphany in college or after college? I would say like, you know that I dated a girl for a really long time back, starting from like high school. It was, I think, you know, when we broke up in sophomore year, I believe, it was kind of like, oh man, like, I don't even know who I am. Like, that was literally my identity. Like, I was with this person for so long. That was it. Like, I wasn't doing well in school. So that was, I didn't have that going for me. I didn't really have anything going for me. It's not like I was great at the video games I was playing either. So, <laughs> so it was like either I, I remember like calling my dad and my mom, like kind of like, 
that was like the first time I cried in front of my parents for a long time. I was like, you know what? Just I just want to leave the school. Like I'm gonna go to CUNY and like screw this. Like I feel bad for you money. But then like my parents were super supportive. It was weird because like we don't have that kind of relationship where like they're you know just 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 kind of dynamic we have where we don't really get emotional in front of each other. But that day like my dad was like, you know it's okay. Like you got this. Go out and you got yourself into this hole and you got to dig yourself out. And like, that was like the biggest thing ever because it made me reach out and like, basically it allowed me to like find fitness, right? It led me to fitness. And I realized in fitness that, Hey, like I'm putting in time and effort and I'm seeing results. Right. And I started correlating that process of uh, putting in the work and being consistent like every day, right? Even on the days where I didn't feel like working out or like even on the days where, you know, maybe I had an argument with a friend or like even my parents, like I still went, right? So it kind of showed me like, hey, like maybe this is kind of similar to how everything else in life is. Like you just have to be really consistent and be putting in the work even when you don't feel like it and just like compound that, compound that. And I kept doing it and I started seeing my body change in the mirror and I was just like, I started getting addicted to it, right? Because that's all I had. It was literally just, it became really about school and like really starting to do, uh, starting to do uh, well in school and then uh, fitness. And that's all I was about. Literally like my last two years, all I did was school and work out. So, wow, that's powerful, man. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah. So I guess at that point, I guess it was really a part of you. How did you decide to make, I guess, extend that to helping other people or just make it, a real part of you sure so when i moved to la i thought like hey i'm gonna be around a lot of people in the industry uh, the fitness industry and i lived in hollywood so it was like really nice area for me to like be in that network it was hard for me to connect with them because that wasn't really like my entire thing like fitness wasn't just who i was like i was still like a functioning member of like i would say like nine to five society where i still worked at a hospital what happened was when I moved back to New York, I realized like, I didn't have, you know, like people talk about, oh, you have that close circle of friends that you want to grow, grow with and build an empire with kind of, you know, like it sounds super crazy, but I realized I didn't have any friends like that. I did have friends, but I never felt comfortable like telling people like my dreams and aspirations. But when I came back, some of my old friends started to look at me and being like, hey, like, dude, I see you working out. Like, I really want to lose weight. I'll let myself go, blah, blah, blah. Start talking. And this led to me starting to give people advice. I realized like, hey, like people are actually getting value from this. Like when people hit me up on my Instagram, like I was already posting on Instagram, like just content, not with any intention of like making a business or a living out of it. It was just like, just kind of documenting my journey, right? Like when I started getting DMs on Instagram saying like, yo, that helped me a lot. Like uh, what you said today really helped me get to the gym. It was amazing. You know, it was just like, wow, I'm doing something I love motivating someone to, you know, work on themselves. So that just like was so moving for me that even now, like whenever someone hits me up, it's like, you know, I, I have clients who are like, I just fit into a dress I couldn't fit into like five years ago. That like, that's amazing for me because that, that means like I made someone feel, not I didn't make anyone feel, but like I allowed someone, I basically allowed someone, enable someone to work on themselves and get better and feel good about themselves. And that's the best mm. thing you can do, like make people feel good about themselves because when they do that, they are a much, they're, they're able to contribute more to the whole public and whole society. And that's what we really want. We want people, individual people to be amazing so that collectively we can help as many people as we can. Right. 
that's powerful. You empower them to do it themselves, help them get through it themselves. I saw one of your posts, you know, you said you started as more like a, right. to look better yeah. to the public. And eventually you kind of embody that. And then you see how much that could carry out to the, to the other things you do. And now you try to empower other people to do the same. And that, I guess that's where your motivation is now. Yeah, for sure. You obviously have a nine to five. How do you prioritize work and working out? And how do you help other people do that? Um, I prioritize it in a way that I'm sure like, I mean, I'm sure you do this too. Like the night before the next day, like tonight I will in my head or like I'll start writing down things I need to get done tomorrow. Like I'll like kind of plan out like what my day is going to be like right? For example, Sunday night, tomorrow night, what I usually do is I, I have a planner that I use. So I, I realized like when I started doing really well in school, I, I was using like a planner. So I started, I still stuck with that. Uh, even now as like a 26 year old. So I use a planner, I write down everything I need to get done. And when it comes to fitness, I don't think of it as like a, it's not a hobby. It's, it's a part of my lifestyle. So it's kind of like, to me, it's like, I have time to eat, I have time to work out, you know, like, mm. Do you ever miss eating? No. So I'm not going to miss working out. Right. So obviously there's, there's things that happen. Like if there's an emergency or something, I'm, I'm at a point where I don't really feel guilty about missing a workout to do something like that. For example, like if it's like a family or a good friend's birthday, then it'll be like, okay, like I can work out tomorrow. But I would say that when it comes to prioritizing, I prioritize it because it's just a part of my day right? It's like my day's not done until I do that. If I, and I plan everything the night before and it's kind of like, there's this thing that Kobe said, RIP Kobe. He said, he basically said that if you have a plan, right? If you have this goal in your head, don't self-sabotage it. Don't be like, oh, I don't, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to not finish this without, oh my God, one more, one more set. I'm not going to do it. It's okay. I don't have to do this, but it's like, don't self-sabotage yourself. So you have to prioritize by planning it out, making it a part of your day, and making sure it gets done. There's no excuses. You have time to watch Netflix. I like watching Netflix too, but like, you know, when you have a goal and you, you want to achieve something, you have to prioritize. Mm, very cool. And this, this coaching, is it a business that you're doing now? Or are you helping other people actively? It's, it's become, it's evolved into a business. I uh, actually hired a mentor, like a business mentor, and that has just like turned it into a full-fledged business. And it's allowed me to like implement systems that I had no idea existed. So mm. it's a big learning process. If someone decides to work with you or decides to have you help them, what can they expect? When it comes to me being a coach, I would say that I apply a lot of the things I learn in the gym to other aspects of life, right? So if someone needs help losing weight, yes, it's a physical feat that we're trying to uh, accomplish, but there's a lot of mental blocks that are, that's really what's stopping you from losing weight because like, why do you feel this? Why do you feel crappy? Why do, why'd you let yourself get to the point where you're huffing and puffing when you know you walk a block or walk up a flight of stairs. There's a lot of mental blocks. Like you feel like you don't deserve this. You feel like this is all life is meant to be. And the kind of coach I am is that I'm like super empathetical. I apply what I do in my healthcare job. Like I, you know, I'm, I work with patients every day. And in LA, I work with cancer patients every day. So like, I think like my greatest strength is that I'm very empathetical. I try to put myself in people's other people's shoes. So people can expect me to be really empathetical and understanding of their situation. But at the same time, I'm going to hold you super accountable for your actions because I expect you to be amazing. I, I expect every human being who works with me or wants to work with me, even like people who don't work with me, like you have the potential to be great. Like don't ever, you know, there's all self-limiting stuff that we, we tell ourselves and we're like, we can't do this. Like, no, you can't do this. You're telling yourself you can't do this. 
So mm. I just want to empower people to be the best version of themselves. And it's not like, I'm not saying that from a place where like, I feel like I'm just as accomplished dude. Like I'm working on myself every day too. Like, uh, and I put my money where my mouth is like every day I'm working, I'm waking up and I'm like putting in the hours and like, you know, working out and eating properly and trying to take care of myself the best way possible and trying to learn and, and which sometimes that's uncomfortable because you have to unlearn a lot of crap that you thought was like you know normal so mm-hmm. i think that that mental block thing you said is it's on point a lot of times even i guess for people who really need the change right they they might not want to spend the money because they feel like that's part of the mental block too but once you spend that money it could speed you you know five years of your time really le- shorten the learning curve Yes, huge. A lot of mental blockers, just like you said, they don't believe in themselves. It's crazy how much crap we have in our head that you have to actively overcome. Yeah, it's there's so much traffic in our head. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's where like meditation and like being present comes because. So like, I I try meditating every morning, like ten minutes. I think like the thing of people people think of meditation as this thing where you're just like really quiet and you just like focus on something for a really long time. I've learned that meditation is a skill and you just get better at it over time. And it's something like what you're doing is not, you're not really blocking things. You're allowing the traffic to pass through your head, but you're giving yourself the space to like, you know, actively be aware of it. Like, Oh, okay. This thought just came through my head, but that's not really your, that's not really you. That's not really what you want to do. It's just these thoughts. You just let it go through your head and you just get really good at filtering things. And then the more that happens, the flow of your thought processes and your action taking just gets better. So you're able to make like better choices, which is really what like life is about a bunch of choices. If you think about it, right? I guess something to take away from this podcast, right? If you, I know everybody's, body is different their mental state body type is all different but if you could recommend something everybody should eat more or was something that everybody should eat less cool i will say one thing carbs are not bad so if someone's mm. telling you carbs are bad get a new friend get a new coach because um i think the issue with our world is that we are so focused on fast results shortcuts we're always you know that was me i how do i get a six-pack real quick i remember being a kid like six-pack shortcuts or like how do i grow a chest with so I think uh, instead of going for instant gratification, like realize that anything good requires a lot of hard work. So, and when it comes to food, uh, one kind of thing that I try to, like a rule of thumb I try to follow is have a lot of colors on your plate and have a decent amount of protein, have some carbs and have some fats. And if you have like a rate, good ratio of all three of those macronutrients, you're pretty solid, right? So people are like, oh, carbs are bad and pasta is bad. So yeah, you're eating a whole plate of pasta that's it that's all you have in your plate what do you expect to happen like Mm. you know and you're not doing anything to you know kind of burn those calories what's going to happen is over time you're going to gain weight right so yeah i think people should being healthy and fit isn't like it's not based on like one monumental action it's like a lot of things that have to come aligned for you to become healthy and fit but it all Mm. starts doing like simple things like cutting out that eating like fast food all the time because you really don't know what's being put into there right and i'm not saying don't eat fast food at all enjoy your life like you live your life once but like don't eat it every day and then uh drink your water everyone should try to get their recommended eight to 64 ounces and then do simple things walk more that's the best whoa (laughs) sorry that's my dog jasper it's okay bubble come here so just uh stop (laughs) just walk a lot more like simple things like if you drive to work park your car a little further away and just 
get those steps in. Those things add up. Those little things add up. You don't have to go to the gym and want to lift 500 pounds. I just like, I want to do that because I'm passionate about it. But to be uh, just a healthy person and fit person, don't look at social media as like and all these six packs. And you don't need to want to be like that, nor should you. Like it creates a very unhealthy body image. I like to do that because I'm really into bodybuilding and stuff. But for, I would say like 90% of people just walk more, drink your water. Uh, have more color on your plate and be a good human being. <laughs> so I think for most people, like let's say Asian, Hispanic, or whatever culture, you know, they have their rice, beans, and chicken. Let's say, would you recommend they eat a little bit more of one thing over the other, or you say that's a pretty much a good ratio for most people? So yeah, so like it obviously it depends on your activity levels as a human being, like individual activity levels. For someone like me, I'm working out every day, so I'm burning a lot of calories compared to someone who's are really sedentary and like couched all day then yeah i i'm gonna be able to afford more calories than you are mainly because i'm burning more calories right but i would say for the like the immigrant cuisine like being indian like yeah rice uh meat protein i would say like yeah do your rice uh have a decent amount of protein in every meal and make sure you get some fats in, like some healthy fats like mm. um and be aware of your food choices right? But like portion control is the biggest skill to learn. It's a skill to learn. That's something that we're not taught in school, but every human being should know, well, this comes from privilege, but like every human being should learn how to portion control. That's why when you buy something, there's always a nutrition label at the back. None of us, a lot of people don't look at it. They just throw it into their shopping cart, but you need to start paying attention to that. And for working out, let's say for someone who just want to stay fit, right? Typical individual, I know it's it's a it's a loaded question, but what what simple simple tip we would give them in terms of working out actual workouts? Um, I would say if you don't have access to like a gym, walk, walk a lot. Walking um, is a huge thing because there's parts of the world like the east east side of the world who you know the gym is a very western thing. It's a very like over sexualized thing where it's like oh go to the gym, it's nice. It's like it's a huge industry too. So you have to realize like people are trying to make money off you. So you don't have to go to the gym if you don't have access to it. If you do, that's great. Awesome. Utilize it. But if you don't, uh, especially with now, things are closed. So walk. Just walk a lot more. And there's a lot. Remember that your your body weight is a huge asset. Like uh, for me, like I'm like 145 pounds. That's 145 pounds that I can do squats with. Like I'm literally using my 145 pounds. So, and gravity is helping you bring that weight down. And that's... <laughs> That's work. Like you could just do body weight squats. You could do uh, pull-ups. Literally, like if you live in New York, you have no excuse. There's parks and stuff. Everybody just go do some pull-ups or at least try to learn, uh, you know, push-ups. Be creative. I'm also quite interested in the the business side of things. So in the beginning, what I know is you started posting. It was just like on and off working out materials, maybe a few videos of squats and whatever. But now you're very consistent. So is this something that your coach taught you? What what business advice would you give to people that want to hop on the same route? or any business? Yeah, so I'm not, I mean, obviously I'm still trying to grow my business, but like I would say the things that I've learned that I'm learning right now is that I was very hesitant on posting a lot on my Facebook and letting like people, cause I, you know, being that I went to these big schools, I have a lot of Facebook friends and I was just like, oh my God, what are people gonna say? Like, people are gonna look mm. at this guy. Like, and like the, the person they know me as like from the past, uh, I kept like being stuck on that sujo and I was like, damn, they're going to think like, who the, who the hell is this guy like posting fitness stuff? But like basically hiring a mentor, like uh, 
he's more like a life coach because so like he taught me like dude like you love this and you know a lot about this so you have to own your shit like you need to speak on what you know about right and the fact that i you know i just took the plunge i was like you know what whatever like people's opinions shouldn't stop me from being who i am and like uh being the fact that I'm, i can help people and that just like proved to me like i should just be consistent and i'm just gonna let everyone know what i'm about because you never know i've actually gotten like two three clients from facebook friends who like recommend me to someone else and like it's crazy how like how much like the facebook i like just being completely transparent like who i am what i'm about on my facebook feed has given me in the past couple months and i would say for anyone trying to start a business is that don't think like your personal life and your business life are different because for especially for my business like people aren't really buying my programs they're they're buying me like who i am like my vibe like what kind of person what kind of emotions i give out and like the kind because i'm like i'm very active on social media where i'm like you know like today have a great day like um if you feel like there's if there's something that you're stressed out about think of it as an opportunity to grow and like these are things that i actually implement in my life so i try to like spread that to my followers and like whoever it can reach but yeah just don't like separate the two i think it's really good to have uh it together because you are your own brand and i think that's really important because especially in this world like be yourself and realize that there's great power in like just being you i, I like that mindset man just making the most out of everything you have whatever you have at hand Life's short. I don't want to regret anything. So yeah, especially when you said you use your body weight and even gravity to your advantage. That's how you know. Yeah, I mean, I did that for a really long time. But uh, here, let me show you. I kind of built like a little oh. gym. So whoa, that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I'm super blessed to be able to do this. But literally, like this happened in the last two to three weeks. But before that, it's been like four or five months of lockdown. Wow. I was, okay. I was with my body weight so are you still hitting the the public gym or that's this is your workout area now well the public oh you mean like when it, when they reopen yeah you still planning to uh i don't think i'm gonna be hitting the public gym for a really long time not until like uh like there's a vaccine or something mm, okay yeah it's i think the gym is like a is a scary place to go people are like huffing and puffing everywhere i know i am so <laughs> so what's the what's the long-term goal with this um, so the long-term goal for this is mainly to right, like right now, I just, I want to reach as many people as possible, uh, help as many people as possible, but in terms, you know, I may want that, but at the same time, like, uh, implementing business systems is like a lot of effort because the more people I have now, it's like, whoa, I need to learn how to streamline certain like systems and like get people like the onboarding process a little easier. But my long-term vision for this is you know, being that I come from an immigrant family, I'm from Bangladesh. So the thing that fitness has given me is it's allowed me to realize that the only thing you should control or want to control is not a human being and no one else, but your own emotions and your own thought processes, right? That is the greatest thing you can master, controlling your own mind. Fitness has given me that. And I think that's a huge thing in my culture, in like the Indian, like the brown culture, Desi culture that men we feel like we should be controlling other human beings mainly women and i think like i think it's pretty disgusting but i also think it comes from years and years of neglect on facing our issues so what i want to do is be able to like reach out to young young boys especially in you know bangladesh and india and teach them like 
power isn't and control isn't of another human being. It's controlling your own inhibitions and your thoughts. So I want to show them that through fitness and through like physical activities. And if that can click, I feel like we'll have like just better human beings who make better choices and and don't go around like fetishizing women and like treating human beings like things to control or objects of desire. Starting from your surrounding and just working from there. Yes, sir. Like, I think it's really important. I think uh, as men, like we think like also as, as like just men in general, not even like from India or Bangladesh, like we feel like this is ego, right? Of being a male where it's like, if you don't have control over a situation or another human being, you feel kind of like, oh man, like it's diminishing my value as a, as a male. It's like, no, <laughs> that should not matter. You should just focus on your, the inner battles all the time, all the freaking time. And I feel like the other things will just fall into place. Whatever you try to control will just work out for you at the end. That's really what happens. I think it does happen that way. Life is pretty crazy that way. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate, you know, just how humble you are. Thank you, man. Super grateful for this. And I have a, a, another few random questions. Sure. We already went through the first one. And the second question is, um, what's your favorite New York City neighborhood? Ooh, favorite New York City neighborhood. I would say like the Central Park area, like the West Side, I really love. Um, you know, I, I honestly did not like New York at all. Like, and I moved to LA and then I, when I came back, I spent a lot of time in the summer last last year when things weren't like on lockdown and it made me fall in love with New York. Like, I love New York City. Like, uh, just walking in the West Side, just like, just the fact that I can walk everywhere in like uh, Central Park and just like, I don't know, hearing the birds and like all the all the leaves and the, the trees. I love that. So yeah, that part for sure. What makes you roll your, time, roll your eyes every time when you hear it? Um, okay. I feel like I've done this a lot recently. Um, so I follow a bunch of these fitness groups on uh, Facebook and there's just people spouting things like, you want to lose 20, 30 pounds, cut out all carbs and like uh, not exercise. I'm like, what? Like, you know, like people, it's just really frustrating because it, this I know this is an industry and people are trying to make money, but uh, it really pisses me off when people try to do it at the expense of another human being's like, because this is like, this is really terrible and disgusting when you tell a human being like, follow this really unnatural and unsustainable, biggest thing, unsustainable way of losing weight. And not only does that, yeah, you might lose 10, 15 pounds, right? But the issue with people isn't that they don't know how to lose weight. It's they don't know how to keep the weight off because they're following unsustainable systems, right? So mm. that's the kind of things that roll my eyes because I try to teach people like sustainable ways of living your life. Like you should be able to eat whatever you want. Any diet that restricts your food is not something you should follow because at the end of the day, if you don't like something, you will never follow it, right? And this is a lifestyle thing. Uh, fitness plans and programs that I give people it's very like sustainable for you so that you can fit it around your lifestyle because I know people have a lot of other things to do like other uh, responsibilities and commitments so with the food like do not follow a diet if like it's telling you you can't eat this you can't eat that like no eat whatever you want but learn portion control and learn what your budget is and fit those things in within your budget it's like swiping a credit card if you don't know like what your limit is, you're going to keep swiping, right? And one day you're going to be like, whoa, I'm so over. I'm in debt. It's like, that's the same thing with like a weight gain, you know? So treat it like that. But, yeah. Yeah. These online gurus are everywhere in every industry. It's inevitable. It's frustrating, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you think about the keto diet then? 
the keto diet. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the keto diet, like I've had friends who've been on the keto diet. I personally look at it and I feel kind of gross because I can't like, I see people like dipping everything in like sour cream and like stuff. And I'm just like, oh, gross. That's disgusting. Like uh, keto diet. So basically the, the whole process is ketosis, right? Instead of carbs, you're using fats, which turn to ketones and give you energy, right? But I believe that keto diet is not sustainable. Like, are you going to be able to follow keto for the rest of your life? No, I doubt it. If you are, I mean, I don't know anyone who's been able to follow for their entire life. Like I see people following like the vegan diet for a long period of time, like vegetarian, like that I understand. Like that's, that's cool. But keto, not sustainable. <laughs> and I've like, and I know I'll get a lot of hate from people for saying this, but it's not sustainable because it's, it's literally restricting a lot of things. And I don't know, man, it's definitely not sustainable. I don't like huh? it. Cool. <laughs> Since you've been consistently lifting, how, what's your max? My maxes? Um... Uh, so basically I just like heal from an injury. So I would say like yesterday, my deadlift max, I just hit 415 for my deadlift. Um, 145 body weight. Yeah. I'm 145 pounds and I hit 415 pound deadlift. I hit my, my best, uh, bench has been 255 and, and my best squat has been 395. Oh, solid numbers. Thank you, man. It's a work in progress. <laughs> A lot of, it's a lot of years that went into this. So I don't want people to think like, oh, it just happened overnight. So you got to put in the work. Right. And when I first met you, you were kind of in shape already, even in like sophomore, yeah. junior year. And yeah. you really got even more serious at it. Yeah. Any hidden talents? Any hidden talents? Um, well, growing up, I played a lot of instruments. I played the, I don't know hmm. if anyone knows, like the Indian drums is called the tabla. So I, my family is very musical. So I grew up playing the drums. I, I picked up guitar in college. Um, a little guitar over there. Oh, right. Guitar with the gym equipment. That's cool. <laughs> it's your man cave right there. Dude, I know, man. I, my parents were like, what are you turning this place into? But yeah, man. So hidden talents, I would say, are those. And I would say like writing. I think I'm a pretty decent writer. So yeah. And if you could retire tomorrow, what will you be doing? Retire from your day job. I'll be doing fitness, like helping as many people as I can, like helping people achieve, achieve that potential, like that I see in them. Like, bro, I look at someone and like a client will come up to me and I'll look at them and like, dude, I see so much potential. Like you have the potential to be great. And I just want to help people just like kind of realign on that path. And all I, that's all I'm doing. And once that happens, like, you do you. Hmm. Yeah. That's the kind of coach I am. I don't want you, I don't want you to feel like you need me for the rest of your life. I want to be able to, I want to help you and then be like, yo, you got this. Do you? Mm. So, I yeah. respect that. Oh, that's all the questions I have. I appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty and answering all those questions. Dude, man, thank you so much. I'm super happy to see you. I'm really glad you're healthy and safe. I love the little pink towels behind you. Oh man. Yeah. Don't mention that. <laughs> it looks great on you. <laughs> Yeah, man. So thank you, man. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll talk. All right, brother. Have a great day, okay? You too. And that was today's podcast with one of the most badass and humble guys that I know. If you want to find out more about Sujoy and his coaching, you can find him on Instagram at Sujoy Fitness. That is Sujoy, S-U-J-O-Y Fitness. Talk to you in the next one. Peace. Peace.